0: All right, what is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost of the Night, a paranormal and true crime podcast. Tonight we are doing, or I should say, Travis is doing the Waco Massacre. You're a massacre. I'm masochistic. (laughs) Keep it up, baby, keep it up. No, but this is a fucked up story, no doubt. Now I feel bad about leaving the chalupa here with you all week. I know. Uh, This story, like I said, Travis is going to do this one. I have some very strong opinions about this story. I think
1: everybody does that that knows anything about this.
0: Uh, Yes, but I take it, me being who I am, I take it a step fucking further. That's weird.
1: I raised my chair up. It just looks fucking weird. I don't know. Now that I'm sitting this high, I don't know how the fuck I was that low all the time.
0: I know you were kind of low. I fell into it. One One of these days, I'm just going to
1: sit on the floor where you can just see my head.
0: Yeah, but this story is just... The amount of fuckery and stupidity on... All fucking this pisses me the fuck off. Yeah.
1: Well, and mind you, like I'm thinking about having you re-upload Ruby Ridge over the course of this week because they're directly connected. Yes. I mean, not like reasonings for what happened, but I mean, there's people from Ruby Ridge at Waco. Right. Well, and, and, and well, mind you, we we're that. not even talking about. It's not even fucking Waco. This was 13 miles outside of Waco in Elk.
0: Right. Yes, but,
1: but you know, you know why they, uh, like officially tagged it Waco, like being in Waco, Why? Right. Because the tabloids, uh, had one of the tabloids had already established a title for their their coverage of this. It was the Wacko in Waco.
0: Oh, them fucking media people! They are yeah. so clever. That's
1: why it stuck. That's why everybody knows it as Waco cause like, because of that. Well, I guess Waco's probably the closest place that anybody fucking knows.
0: Right. Uh, but like I said, I this is a, a sad story, and it also pisses me off. So uh, without further ado. Adieu! Go ahead, Travis, and start spitting some knowledge.
1: All right, we're going to start this off with, first off, moving this just a little bit.
0: I can move completely off the table. I don't give a shit. Oh yeah, it's wireless, isn't it?
1: We should totally do that. Let That'd be a that. great idea.
0: Hold on. Let me get rid of this.
1: We're getting used to I have a new setup. I'm I'm doing my I'm handling my episodes a little differently nowadays.
0: There's a remote
1: in case anybody wants to know about it. So we're gonna start off with David Koresh himself, the man himself. And we're gonna go into his uh his life a little bit to try to paint a picture of what the fuck we're dealing with here. So, David Koresh was born Vernon Wayne Howell on August 17th, 1959 in Houston, Texas, to his mother, Bonnie Sue Clark. Bonnie Sue Clark was a single mother, and she was only 14 when she birthed young Vernon Howell. Um, and before he was born, his dad, Bobby Wayne Howell, had just completely abandoned Bonnie Sue and went off in R-U-N-N-O-F-T with another teenage girl, So he's making really good life choices out here. Not creepy at all. And totally doesn't, uh, this behavior doesn't mirror itself, this taste in women later on at all.
0: As the resident creepy old guy on the podcast, I understand what you're saying. Butterfingers.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So um, by the time Vernon Howell, aka David Koresh, was born, his mom had begun living, quote, living with a violent raging alcoholic and it wasn't even titled as a relationship i guess they were cohabitating so basically it was a abusive relationship that one of them i'm assuming the guy was like that ain't my woman that's just my hole (laughs) my hole bonnie Sue is really pick them yes yeah so moving on in 1963 bonnie sue ran off with her boyfriend and left four-year-old vernon in the care of his maternal grandmother earlene clark
0: i love texas with all these names first and foremost how old was davis Dave, or david Crush's mother uh she Thir- was 13 when she had when he had her or she was she 14 when he was born 14 so if you're a 14 year old mother and you name your son vernon Nothing's good coming from that. You're either going to be a serial oh, yeah, killer my, or a cult leader. Whichever one. Like,
1: I have fucking, like, my family in Texas. Well, I don't want to say their names. Well, like, my grandpa's dead, so. Like, he was Merle.
0: The Smiths. Okay, go ahead. The Smiths from Texas related to you. Or <laughs> are they named Smith? No. Fuck. Okay.
1: No, I do have Smith in my family, but it's not in my bloodline.
0: But I'm just saying, if anybody. Well, yeah, my old, grandpa was Merle. I have an Uncle Lester.
1: You got a, a
0: uncle named Chester. Now we got something to talk about.
1: Lester, the molester,
0: cock and stuff. Cock and stuff. No, but any fucking 14-year-old in today's world, if you name their kid, if they name their kid Vernon, it might be time for adoption. And, you know, they might get Clintons. The, the female mother should get Clinton. Oh, if, the, if I if I, named, if I had Vernon. a
1: kid, if I like adopted a kid and their name was Vernon... You're getting earnested all the time. No what I mean, Vernon?
0: I'm just saying nothing good comes from a Vernon.
1: Clearly, we'll find that out. Stay all tuned.
0: Right. All right, continue.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yes, so early in Clark, his maternal grandmother started caring for young Vernon Howell at this point when his mom rundolf. So his mom returned when he was seven after she had married a carpenter named Roy Halderman. Bonnie, Sue, and Roy had a son together who was born in 1966. Doesn't really add to the story, but why leave it out? I'm just going to call him Vernon Howell up to this point. Okay. We'll change it eventually.
0: For the people listening, we're still... Just David, for those of you... Yes. ...familiar with the end of the story.
1: Well, because I have it here that, in quotations, just to throw it in, David Koresh, Vernon Howell, wouldn't actually meet his biological father until he was 17 years old. Lucky him. Butterfingers. Um, So he described his early childhood as being very lonely. And part of that was because he had poor grades possibly caused by him having suffered from dyslexia. And he was actually put into special education classes and nicknamed Vernie by his peers and would be bullied for multiple years from what I've researched quite severely.
0: Well with a name like Vernon, you're gonna you're gonna get bullied. Yeah. Nobody's bullying a Rocky. <laughs> but they're bullying a Vernon. Oh, I bullies. Nobody's that people are gonna bully somebody. If you got a fucked up name, some they're gonna bully you. Kids yeah. are me.
1: Yeah, I guess. But to the point that he actually dropped out of Garland High School his junior year. So he didn't even finish school. Which, I mean, not that uncommon back then, really. You know what I mean? A lot less people. I don't want to say a lot less people, but it was much less uncommon, or much more common for people not to complete their education the further back you go in history. But, I it. mean, fuck, on the, in the Wild West, everybody was in the same goddamn classroom.
0: That is true. Like you got 18-year-old
1: kids that are struggling with, like, so the little A's got the tail? All right, Miss Lady Bitch. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never mind.
1: I told that teacher lady, I don't need no fancy book learning. Fuck you. And it's 2022. Nobody wears fucking capris, Marie. Capri Suns are delicious.
0: They are. They are very delicious.
1: You ever like empty a couple of them out?
0: Oh. Like into a cup? I've shotgunned
1: several. No, you put them in a cup. Just have like a whole glass of Capri Sun. No, I don't think I've ever done that. It's the best. It's the best. Hmm. Some vodka in it. Oh, yeah, now
0: buddy. Now you're speaking my language.
1: Yeah, now you're going back to the childhood years, fruity <laughs> drinks and alcohol. Fucking play some tummy sticks. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. My mother's on here. Butterfingers.
1: <laughs> does she know that? <laughs> Is she, she the only person that uh, does, that understands that reference?
0: Probably. She. I'll have to explain it to her. But she, once I explain, it, it's probably not ringing a <laughs> bell with her right now. But when I, if she asks me, and I tell her, she'll say. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, that that did happen, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So when he was 19, um, Vernon Howell had an illegal sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl who became pregnant. He claimed to have become a born-again Christian in the Southern Baptist Church and would soon join his mother's denomination, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which I have in quotations here, harkens back to... You remember we did the episode on Rockterio and uh-huh. the Ant Hill Kids. Rockterio oh. grew up a Seventh Day Adventist. Oh, yeah.
0: nothing good comes from those some bitches.
1: They are, they are, they do flirt with the line of an extremist or radical religious group very often. And I mean, any any group that personal opinion, any group that religion, cool, whatever, do do what you do. That's fine. But any religious group within under the Christian or Catholic. I guess, Christian umbrella that still abides by any part of the Old Testament is a little fucking crazy. Anybody who abides by any part of the Old Testament is a little fucking crazy. Oh, your wife disobeyed you? Beat her to death. Here, have this slave. Let's just cut hands off left and right because Jesus. There you go. I just saved everybody the time of reading the the Old Testament.
0: I don't think Jesus, make it. I'm not a theologian, but I don't think Jesus does make an appearance to this, the New Testament. Fucking slacker piece of shit. No, because that's why me. I've always it, there's a two, the, the God there's two different gods in the Bible. There's the Old Testament God, the New Testament God. Then I say the New Testament, he chilled out, he became a father. He's not quite hail and brimstone as he is before before He's he like was, his bachelor
1: patent in yeah, the he was, Old Testament. He, he, he was was bachelor go, gives no fucks. Right. He was He's just turned up,
0: turning people to salt and, you know, Flood and shit all over the place. Then right. he had a son, mellowed him out a little bit. Yeah, he's so, more peace, love, and hippie shit.
1: In the second one, see, in, it's funny. It's Testament. like it's like a reverse growth pattern. He went from Republican to Democrat.
0: Oh yeah, see, it happened. He got a little bit older.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all he, right. it was a it was a vice versa, a switcheroo, if you will.
0: Right. Now okay. Pissed off every religious person that ever listened to I, this podcast.
1: I always do, apparently. Even though I say all the time, I'm never the person when a religious person wants to bring this shit up and talk to me about it, even though I'm the sinner that doesn't believe in the Lord the way they do and shit. I'm never seen to be the one that gets mad. It's always them. I don't you know, I don't know. I just I just work here. And it always seems to be when I make a valid not I mean, I guess there's no real valid point, but when I make a point that is hard to rebut for them, that's when they start getting mad. <laughs> The the, the devil spews devil semen from your tongue in his words these days. Fuck you. Go back and give 10% of your goddamn income to your fucking lord, you fucking cuck. Continue. Okay. So while he was part of the Seventh-day Adventist church, Koresh fell for the pastor's daughter. Now... He alleges that while he was praying for guidance, he opened his eyes and found the Bible open to Isaiah thirty four sixteen, which stated that, quote, none should want for her mate. I don't really know what the fuck to think of that. I don't think now, that really by is. Me again? None shall want for her mate.
0: For her mate. Yes. Not his mate, her mate. Yes.
1: I guess to him, meaning that she must have my penis.
0: I don't know. let will see. I'm not smart enough to read Shakespeare or the Bible. Apparently, I love Shakespeare.
1: I mean, I haven't read it in years, but like when I when we started reading Shakespeare in high school, I really went down that rabbit hole. And I'm also weird. I really enjoy the Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Like the fact that they verbatim did
0: the the exact yes, yeah, they didn't. And they did it. in the they way they the c- cinematography, but the language. You know, and I
1: really it. like how they did like that almost. Um, not dystopian, but like on the lines along the lines of almost a dystopian future kind of thing going on,
0: yeah, kind of
1: a- I, I, I really enjoyed that, so anyway, sidebars fuck so um, he was convinced this was a sign from God, so he approached the pastor and told him that God wanted him to marry his daughter. The pastor continued to throw him out of the congregation, and after he continued to pursue his daughter, or I'm sorry, he threw him out of his house, or the church, wherever the fuck they were, and after he continued to pursue his daughter, he was expelled from the congregation itself. So, good call, I guess. Understandable. Yeah. And then in 1981, he moved to Waco, Texas, and joined the Branch Davidians. This brings us to the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians. We are going to go into the history of the Branch Davidians as well, because as we talked about earlier, you, along with a lot of people, are have been living under the impression that he started the Branch Davidians, and that, that is means, not true. So we're going to go into this. I had
0: no opinion, because I did not know they were a thing before him. Yes. He just brought, put them on the map. He's like the Sammy Hagar, you know, Yes, Van Halen. Yeah. Was around before Sam Hagar. Yeah, and he's. Some might argue was better. So maybe the Branch Davidians were probably better. He well, let's find and out. Ruined the Branch Davidians.
1: So let's get into the Branch Davidians a little bit. So that starts with a Bulgarian immigrant and Seventh Day Adventist Sabbath School teacher from Southern California named Victor Hotev presented his views in a book called the shepherd's rod the one hundred and forty-four thousand, a call for reformation
0: it sounds like a porno i watched on Pornhub the other dude, day. dude
1: it sounds like a goddamn the title of the fucking book is a fucking book did the you imagine getting text ride. messages from that motherfucker jesus christ you if you have to he would actually have to scroll if you have to scroll for a text message just call exactly. text message.
0: yes exactly i hate that because and i hated like when i had uh if it's Android. like a group chat thing,
1: yeah, I get that.
0: I but hated an Android when you somebody would send it. It'd break them up. Mm-hmm. And then
1: and then it'd be out of order. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the
0: cipher in Shakespeare. Yeah. Or the Bible.
1: Say, and you sound like a dyslexic <laughs> fucking idiot trying to read it.
0: Because you'll read one and get So
1: tomorrow off. we're going to start doing the transfer over from the old TPS reports to the new TPS reports. And when you're done with the TPS report, bathroom doors will be locked from now on between the hours of nine and eleven. Thanks, Tim. Stop taking stinky shits. <laughs> yes, fuck okay, Android. So back to the story. These views were not popular with the advanced leadership, and they rejected Hotef's views as contrary to the church's basic teachings. And this is the seventh day. Like it, while he was under the guise of a Seventh-day Adventist congregation. So in 1934, Hotef began his headquarters in Waco, Texas, and his group became known as the Davidians. He later renamed the group the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Once again, this motherfucker needs to chill the fuck out and make shit fucking shorter.
0: Right. Jesus Christ. That is a mouthful. You can't put that on a business card. Riley Reed couldn't fit all that in her mouth.
1: (laughs) So, little sidebar, Davidian signified the belief in the restoration of the Davidic kingdom of Israel. Okay. Yes. So, when Hotev died in 1955, that was the year my dad was born, his wife Florence took over, believing herself to be a prophet. Now, Florence said that the apocalypse would occur in 1959, a date that cannot be found in her husband's original writing. And when none of these events occurred, a follower named Benjamin Roden formed another group, which he called the Branch Davidians, and succeeded in purchasing Mount Carmel from Florence in 1962. When Benjamin Roden died in 1978, he was succeeded by his wife, Lois Roden. Some members of the Branch Davidians were torn between Ben's wife, Lois, and his son, George. We'll talk about George as well. Now, move on to 1981. Vernon Howell arrived at Mount Carmel. He was well-received by almost everybody at the Davidian commune
0: at the time. He was their kind of crazy?
1: Yeah. Sweet. Howell engaged in an affair with Lois Roden while he was in his late 20s and she was in her late 60s not nice
0: yeah he um I'm questioning his choices at this point
1: yeah he actually voiced his desire to father a child with her
0: who would be the chosen one Uh does he not know how menopause works
1: well and the funny thing is there was actually there was a rumor that went around that he actually did impregnate uh, Lois Roden and he was I don't know if it, I forget if it was an interview or something but he was quoting quoted as saying like, something along the lines of, well, if I can get a 70-year-old one-year-old woman pregnant, I really am a god.
0: I honestly can't disagree with that. Well, because stuff like,
1: little shit like that, off rip when he starts fucking with the Branch Davidians. We'll get into it more over the course of this series. As much as we get fucked up on the government side throughout this story... Over this time. Right. No part of me has ever felt sympathetic towards David Koresh's side either. He knew what he was doing with a lot of the shit that he pulled over the course of his life. He was a smooth talker. And I mean, you know, you give him a flowy haircut and fucking put him in a rock band because that was one of his other gigs. He would play guitar. He played a mean guitar.
0: I find that hard to believe. Uh, that's what I hear.
1: That's that's the word on I want, the streets. I need to hear proof. That pizza looks really good. What pizza? The one on the TV. Oh. I just uh, You know me, I see food. I'm like, uh Cheese and meat? Uh Just like Dick. If there's meat and it's got cheese on it, I'm there.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gregory says old people need loving too. I mean, that's not untrue. Yes, I do. I'm old. You geriatric fuck.
1: You keep your liver spotted hands off my beautiful mother! (laughs) So, when Lois Roden died, George Roden, her son, took the role of prophet and leader of the sect, but there was a power struggle between Roden and Vernon Howell. Now,
0: was he aware he was tapping his wife? His mom. Oh, his... Wait, Roden?
1: George Roden is Lois Roden, and... Benjamin Roden's son. Oh, okay. Oh, my bad. Yes.
0: So was he aware that Vernon slash David? I mean, from it?
1: what I understand, it wasn't like a super secret thing. that I, People I, knew about it.
0: I might have a problem. Mm. That, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I think George should have kicked his ass at that point.
1: I was like, what do you get your 80-year-old grandmother for Christmas like, when her husband's been dead for 10 years? Dick.
0: <laughs> Ew. Okay, Now, now you've lost me. Now I can't get that picture out of my head.
1: Moving on. So after George Roden actually chased Vernon Howell and his sect of followers off of the, they, they were chased off, pushed off of the Mount Carmel compound, if you will, commune. They settled. So they moved on. They settled in Palestine, Texas, and Howell continued to try to take control over the Davidians as a whole. George Roden actually challenged Vernon Howell to raise the dead, like it was a comp. This is what they were talking about earlier. He challenged him into a competition of resurrection, and whoever,
0: whoever, as
1: like they both could do it. Whoever could do it would be the leader. He was obviously the chosen
0: one. So they both were claiming they were God incarnate. They were the
1: chosen representative chosen by God
0: they were Jesus I mean
1: David Koresh minus the fact that he was Caucasian kind of had a Jesus-esque
0: thing going on for one David Koresh could never say it was Jesus I don't think Jesus would need glasses
1: I don't know I put out that I think
0: Jesus would have 2020 put out that
1: Instagram post and I was like it was a picture of him and it was like if you can guess who what our subject is you can get a fake imaginary high five and another show commented, David Koresh, I was like, yes, we would also accept Vernon Howell or Def Leppard's IT guy, (laughs) Yes, because that's what the fuck he looks like. He looks like he did dial-up internet for fucking D. Snyder and shit in the late 90s. Yes, I know D. Snyder was not in Left Deppard. That's what they should have called it. Like why is it called that? Well, it would have been deaf leopard, but a deaf leopard wouldn't be able to say deaf leopard, so it was left leopard. Much you know, almost as rocking as Helen Keller's band.
0: Oh, that is so fucking wrong. <laughs> I I can't get behind this. Continue with Vernon. It'd be
1: pretty easy to get behind that. Really, she can't see or hear Vernon Howe. So again, George Roden challenged Vernon Howe to raise the dead, and. Over the course of this challenge, George Roden exhumed the corpse of a Davidian who had been dead for 20 or more years. Yes. To demonstrate his spiritual supremacy, he was going to resurrect this person. So what does Vernon Howell do? After he resurrects this body or resurrects, he exhumes this body that has been underground for over 20 years what does this smart motherfucker do? This sly fox. I don't
0: know, but you're going to tell us.
1: He calls the cops on George Roden <laughs> for desecration of a body.
0: Okay. Yeah. Smart motherfucker. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> so basically, he just sat there and he was like, oh, a resurrection resurrection competition. That's fucking impossible. He goes, oh, you're going to dig up a dead body. All right. Well, go ahead, man. I'm, you're doing a good job. Couple more feet, you probably got. Th- oh, that's the pro- fucking casket. Man, look at that—a fucking skeleton with a little bit of skin left on it. That's crazy. I really can't wait to see if you. Yeah, this guy just dug up a fucking corpse. He just let this guy fucking. I hope he dug the corpse up too. I hope he had to do all the work just to get the fucking cops called on him for it.
0: I'm, I'm just saying. Well played. Well, very played. well. This motherfucker's playing 4D chess
1: oh and that's what i'm saying over the course of this like he that's literally what he does he is like david koresh was not he was not just this blind follower of religion he was a fucking he was not he knew what the fuck he was doing when he did shit there was no shame in this dude's game he knew what was going on moving on to november 3rd 1987 Vernon Howell and several of his followers raided Mount Carmel with 5223 rifles, 222 caliber rifles, two 12 gauge shotguns and nearly 400 rounds of ammunition. Well, Puckers came strapped. Jump ahead about 4 minutes, a gunfight ensued between the groups until the sheriff put an end to it. Cuz they went looking for George Roden, I guess they found him like he was crouched behind a tree with a fucking Uzi. Like ready to go, and they literally just start having a fucking gunfight in the middle of the fucking Texas plains. Do they
0: have an old thick tie tied around his head, like Rambo
1: style, <laughs> dude. Like literally, you're fucking getting into gunfights over control of a fucking religious group. That's, I would personally see, and the crazy thing is that sounds fucking stupid, but realistically, that fucking that reads as far as religious shit goes.
0: Here's how I would have done
1: this. That's how religion works. It's like an, it's like a pissed off Irish midget. It's like. Oh, yeah, you want my, I got followers, you don't have followers, you want to fight about it?
0: I would just personally, here's how, I, no need for a gunfight, fine, you have this lame-ass shit, I'll go start my own. That's what I'm saying. It's much easier. There's how many
1: fucking subdivisions of Christianity? A lot. Yeah, you got the snake handling motherfuckers, you got the baptists, you got the presbyterians, you got the, I don't fucking know the holy rollers
0: have you ever seen that shit wasn't that a, wasn't that a roller <laughs> what's that roller derby team
1: no have you ever seen have you ever heard of the holy roller church no they like roll down the aisle for jesus and shit like they just roll around it's fucking weird i got into a really deep hole of just watching youtube videos of like extremist christian
0: please tell me denominations. there's somebody in the crowd going has this look
1: i dude, my favorite is watching any church that speaks in tongues and they're be, just like, we will pray for this woman. <laughs> I'll
0: be like, I raise my hand. I need a translator, please.
1: It is literally. It's like. It's like if you fucking if a dog could talk, and you just walked in through a room full of dogs with and dropped hot sauce on all their tongues.
0: <laughs> Somebody get me a fucking interpreter, right? Yeah, now.
1: like if if Mister Ed had a voice box. You are healed. It's like it, they sound like if if Winston Churchill had a stroke or a fucking seizure. <laughs> All right. So Excuse me. Um sorry, I lost my place. We'll have to cut that um out. I hate the um's. Um. um So Vernon Howell and his followers were charged with attempted murder for the shootout, but seven were acquitted and Vernon Howell actually drew a hung jury. And after the acquittals, he invited the prosecutors to Mount Carmel
0: for ice cream. That's awful nice of him. Take him to dairy. Dude, he's airport. a he's
1: a he's kind of a pompous fuck, for real. It it shows multiple times over the course of this story. So on top of that, George Roden was held on contempt of court charges for using foul language in court and threatening the court system with STDs if they ruled in Hal's favor. <laughs> I yeah
0: give everybody in this place oh this guy was nuts
1: this guy was crazy like legit crazy what
0: year was this 81 so I guess. was probably didn't say i don't was age i'm sure age was around but it wasn't quite the hysteria i don't know that, you tell me you were around yeah i was i don't remember it till mid to late 80s but i don't know
1: but yeah this motherfucker is just i wish i want to see i wish there was court cam at that time i would love to see just some fucking dude in the middle of a courtroom like like well i see what mr howell's point is and as the adjudicator of this hill court in the seventh district of the great state of god-fearing texas past the fucking ammunition fucking and then you just got this guy in the fucking Whichever side, the what the right left side, as the judge looks at it, he's just, that's fucking bullshit. If you don't stop agreeing with this hippie looking fuck, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to spray this whole goddamn room of syphilis and fucking gonorrhea. I swear to God, I know a dirty lot lizard bitch down on I-17. Her name's fucking Earlene. And she's, she's, I swear to God, I see her every weekend and you can, she's baking sourdough at all times, buddy. I will I will slather this place in fucking schmegma until everybody's crusty and itchy and it burns when you pee, you son of a bitch. Boom, contempt of court. That'll do
0: it. I would think. Yeah.
1: So George Roden again was fucking nuts. And later on in nineteen eighty nine, he actually killed a Davidian follower with an axe and was put in a mental hospital after he was found guilty, but he was also declared insane. So, this guy was nuts anyway. He was nuts the whole fucking time. So, that kind of, there's your brief overview of the Branch Davidian faith. Right. Now, we're going to talk about the name change a little bit. Because around this time, once he gained control of the Branch Davidians and Mount Carmel and everything, is when he decided to change his name. Yeah, because
0: is anybody really going to follow that Vernon?
1: Right. Vernon. So, from this point forward, you will only hear the name David Koresh. So, David Koresh, formerly Vernon Howe, filed a petition in California State Superior Court in Pomona on May 15, 1990, to legally change his name, quote, for publicity and business purposes to David Koresh. Now, Koresh is the biblical name of Cyrus the Great, a Persian king who is named a Messiah for freeing Jews during the Babylonian captivity. I'll David, take your word for it. Yes, David symbolized lineage directly to the biblical King David, from whom the Messiah would descend. That's where David Koresh comes from, and by taking the name David Koresh, he was quote professing himself to be the spiritual descendant of King David, a messian, a messianic figure. Carrying out a divinely commissioned errand.
0: Divinely commissioned errand.
1: Everybody in the story is fucking long-winded as shit. That's what we learned from that one. Fuck you, David Koresh. Probably a good thing. I
0: so, will voice my opinion about that. Maybe the second in episode. Fucking
1: seven weeks when we finish this goddamn thing. So Koresh began preaching the seven seals to his followers. Let's get into that. The seven seals of God from the book of Revelations are the seven symbolic seals that secure the book or scroll that John of Patmos saw in an apocalyptic vision. The opening of the seals of the document occurs in Revelations chapter 5 through 8 and marks the second coming of Christ and the beginning of the apocalypse or revelation. Upon the Lamb of God slash Lion of Judah, opening a seal on the cover of the book or scroll, A judgment is released or an apocalyptic event occurs. The opening of the first four seals releases the four horsemen, each with his own specific mission. Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Dean Malenko.
0: (laughs) Rick Flair. Oli Anderson. Yeah. And Tully Blanchard.
1: And what was the reimagining? It was Rick Flair, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and who else? Fuck,
0: who was the other one? Uh, was it Pillman? Rick? wasn't Pillman? Was it? I think, yeah. Brian Interesting. Oh. I think Brian Pillman. That motherfucker did do. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Where was I? So the opening of the fifth seal releases the cries of martyrs for the quote word slash wrath of God. The sixth seal prompts plagues, storms, and other cataclysmic events. The seventh seal cues seven angelic tum- trumpeters who in turn cue the seven bold judgments and more cataclysmic events. Please excuse me. My goddamn pages are sticking together. So that's the seven seals.
0: What? Why are they sticking together, Travis? Mostly cum. Okay.
1: So moving on to the federal investigations. It bounces around. There's, there's some dead time in here. So we're not,
0: was, are they investigating just because they're douchebags? Or are they're, well, they're, let's find out, oh, Let's find
1: out. Around 1992, <laughs> most of the property owned by the Branch Davidians had been sold off, leaving just under 78 acres. In May of 1992, a postal worker reported that he thought he was delivering explosives to the gun and ammunition store, which was owned by the Branch Davidians. It's called, like, the mag bag. Pretty good, right?
0: Uh, ah, no, that's a little lame. That's a little lame. I'm just gonna be honest. Went in a 92, that's pretty good.
1: I guess. Let's so. <gasps> start a gun store. And you know what we're gonna call it?
0: I'm afraid to fucking ask. Now tread lightly. Don't want to get us canceled.
1: Well, I was thinking, you're. This is your generation. Like, you remember Magnum Pi? Yeah. Magnum Pew Pew.
0: <laughs> Magnum Pew Pew.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yes, this this postal worker. Reports his suspicion of delivering explosives to them. That's what we gotta start a YouTube channel.
0: Call it Magnum Pew Pew. Just shoot stuff. <laughs> no, we'll get like the fake get fake mustaches. I'll draw one on. Build a fake Lamborghini and sit in it. And just,
1: just get a Lego Lamborghini shit. and like <laughs> yeah, talk shit. Do really bad transitions and like you can see just like the tips of our fingers like
0: <laughs> Not a bad I'll idea. let you be Magnum, I'll be TC. I don't know. I never watched
1: that shit. I'm pretty sure it was off the air when I was born.
0: It has to be rerun somewhere.
1: I mean, there are, but I don't give a fuck. Didn't they revamp that? Yeah. They did.
0: Yeah, with a, um, a Latino guy as Magnum P.I. With no mustache. That's sacrilege. Magnum P.I.A. And uh, in the new one, uh, what's her name? What? Are, who was the butler's name? I
1: don't fucking know. I just oh, told Magnum. you I didn't watch the
0: shit. Anyway, the butler who gave Jeeves who gave or the guy the caretaker of the property in the new one is a hot girl instead of an old old, grumpy old man. Remember Ask
1: Jeeves, the search engine? Vaguely. Good times. Anyway, because of the incident at Ruby Ridge, which we've talked about in another episode, go back, check out our Ruby Ridge episode by all means. They are connected almost directly. Literally directly. There's people like human beings involved in both that are in both stories and
0: all we need to do now is hit the hit the, the trifecta would do Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City bombing.
1: Yeah, or there's another one that we I will touch on a little bit later. Higgins
0: is uh Higgins yeah. is a girl in the know. Higgins. That's
1: a terrible name for a woman. First name? Uh no, I think it's her last name. Well, I would hope. So again, because of the whole Ruby Ridge thing, where the federal government and its agencies made horrible decisions that ended in the death of Vicky Weaver unnecessarily, as we know from that episode. Which, again, we talked about, it, we don't need to hash the whole thing up, but Ruby Ridge was a complete fucking shit show. It was a complete fuck off of government power and responsibility and law enforcement in general on multiple
0: levels. I and what go ahead. Uh, so I was just saying, I agree. Oh, the
1: federal government knew about the Branch Davidians. Like I said, I even watched a little mini doc with one of the uh, interpreter or interpreters um, hostage negotiators. And he even said, like, he he knew who David Koresh was and who the Branch Davidians were already. He just didn't know a lot about them. They were on the radar, just not really to the point that they were worried about them. Right.
0: They were small time at this point.
1: So you put all this stuff together, and this possible report is now their opportunity for redemption for their gross mishandling of the situation in Ruby Ridge. Is an argument that a lot of people make, and I kind of fucking agree with.
0: Yeah, I can't argue that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Argue against it, I should say. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, ATF agents started surveillance on Mount Carmel from a property across the street until... This one's kind of funny. They posed as ranchers in the show on Netflix. Apparently not true. They were under the guise of being college students that were in their 30s. (laughs) They drove pretty nice cars and... They didn't even take the time to fake registration to any nearby school. Which sidebar, there was no fucking nearby schools. Baylor's in Waco. Yeah, but thir- Waco's thir- thirteen miles away from Saint- Mount Carmel.
0: Well, thirteen miles. I mean, that's the-
1: college kids ain't college kids that are living in the same house usually to save money are not moving into a house thirteen miles away from campus in the middle of the fucking Texas plains. It's a bad fucking, it's a bad cover story, top to bottom, T to B. So your mom retracted a message? Uh, no, she's out here cussing.
0: No, I don't know why she retracted it. She, the first name of the female Higgins on the new Magnum PI was Juliet. Juliet Higgins? Yes. Hmm. I don't know why she Why they, she took it down or somebody took it down.
1: But yeah, th- it's just a bad cover story. I think we can all agree on that.
0: No Blains. No Bueno Tall. Well, I'm just saying, this just shows you don't have to be that intelligent to work for one of these alphabet agencies. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're sending 30-year-olds to act like college kids driving black fucking SUVs, probably, with Mm -hmm. government plates, most likely, because they're that stupid.
1: Or fucking like a Corvette. Yeah. Stingray. So... Robert Rodriguez was an ATF agent and was part of this investigation, this sting operation, if you will. And he actually was sent undercover into the compound over the course of the investigation. Hmm. Yes. Now another agent named David Aguilera.
0: I'm a genie and I'm out of Are there any does Only Latinos work
1: for the ATF? Right? I mean I guess if you're going from the standpoint of undercover work and In Texas, Texas, I mean, that would be the probably one of the better. Texas, Florida, and California would probably be your highest volume of needing a field agents of a Hispanic descent. Not even just for undercover, just you know, for language barriers. You don't
0: want an ATF agent in Texas named Bob Jones
1: or fucking with red hair and pasty white skin, Abraham Malik. Saying and. At this time, in this area, probably wouldn't be behoove them to have that person around all the time. Yes. So, David Aguilera noticed a shipment of AR-15s and M16 magazines to the Davidians, and he said he had seen and heard of multiple occasions of people converting AR-15s to a fully automatic rifle pretty easily, which... Anybody who knows stuff knows, like, it's really not that hard. It can be done. Yes. You can get the parts for it illegally, or you can even modify, depending on the rifle, you can modify the existing parts and change that firing action. Don't do that. It's fucking illegal. And in my personal opinion, no normal fucking person needs a fully automatic goddamn weapon anyway. I agree what the fuck does Joe Schmo need a gun that can shoot faster than he can pull the trigger?
0: Well, now we're going to get into the second amendment, which we don't need to get onto in this show. All right, let's get Where off the second fuck amendment. Fuck let's, was I? Let's continue with this shit.
1: Okay. So sidebars to this whole AR 15 swap M 16 conversation, a farmer that neighbored Mount Carmel claimed to have heard fully automatic gunfire on the grounds of the compound. And this farmer had a military background. Okay. And he claimed that some of the gunfire he heard was from a fifty caliber machine gun. Now, if that's true, you got a problem. Fifty fully, fully automatic guns, not necessary. Fun, I get it. Like, that's fine. If you want to have one or two, that's cool, whatever. It's your right. But no... Nobody needs a fucking 50 cal machine gun.
0: I'm not going to say, I will not say that. What? Some of them bisons and shit, they're big. A 50 cal machine
1: gun? Yes. You don't need a machine gun to take down a fucking buffalo. And
0: we're in Texas. And We're talking about like mule bear? deer and shit.
1: We don't have grizzly bears in Texas. But I'm just
0: saying, you you can't say it never is needed. Okay, but that's also, that's, mu- well, that's th-
1: erroneous th- anyway, because th- a 50 cal machine gun is not easily transportable. No. You're not I just going to be, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going hiking in All bear right. country. I better take my 50 cal, with, I better take my browning with me.
0: Wouldn't be a bad idea.
1: And plus, what are you going to do? You're going to roll around with it strapped up, ready to go?
0: Be like Arnold Schwarzenegger so unrealistic no I mean see, This. Is, just continue let's get off this fucking shit continue
1: well I'm just saying like a 50 cal machine gun like that's fucking overkill for almost anything literally overkill cause that will fucking blow an elephant's asshole out
2: cause well cause it's a machine gun but
1: anyway So after getting a signed witness statement from that farmer and interviews with related parties, Aguilera confirmed through orders that the Davidians had ordered upper receivers for both AR fifteens and M sixteens, but not lower receivers because as again, you know, if you know guns, the lower receiver is technically the weapon, meaning that they aren't buying anything illegal. But we're supposedly modifying the rifles themselves after receiving those pieces. Which, again, not a good idea. That's the suspicion. That's where all this shit starts off. Understandably so. You can't have a religious, potentially religious extremist group running around converting fucking weapons into fully automatic weapons. That's not a good idea. You don't know where they're going. You don't know if they're keeping them. They could be selling them to whoever the fuck they want. They get into the wrong hands. Everybody's fucked. So that's where the ATF starts getting a hard on for this situation. And I don't blame them on that one. So the department of human services then sends a department worker named Joyce sparks. That's a porn star name who visited the compound on two different occasions the second time she visited the compound, she was able to speak with David Koresh directly, and he he admitted to her that yeah, they we we got a handful of guns, loosely speaking, but not a. He told her it wasn't like an alarming or dangerous, like militia level of gun ownership. So, Joyce Sparks, the porn star. Asked David Koresh if she could tour the compound. And when she asked that, she was asked and, I guess, the way the story goes, I'm assuming told, to wait a half hour before she was permitted to do so. Let's sidebar that for a second. Okay. What? Somebody from the government's coming to you, asking you about guns, and ask you if they can tour your facility, and instead of just saying no, you say, yeah, but give us 30 minutes. That's not suspicious at all. Like, oh, with no excuse, like, oh, yeah, we got a clogged toilet, stinks pretty bad in that hallway, let's, let us take care of those Febreze, and, you know, put some Drano down there. No, just, just, yeah, you can look around for guns, just give us 30 minutes. <laughs> Good call, man
0: not the smartest way to handle this. No, situation.
1: not at all. Like, just say no. I mean... That would have been a much... Like, literally, that would have been a better... i just say no and make up some fucking... Some shit about... Come back about, with a
0: fucking warrant.
1: Yeah. Just have that excuse. Just be like, well, I mean, you know, I don't have anything to hide, but... You legally... You need a warrant to come in here. Exactly. So like, go get one. Instead of being in. like, yeah, just give us a minute. We got to we gotta straighten up a little bit. We just finished brunch. There's mojito ingredients I gotta everywhere. Pick, I
0: got to pick up my panties, so you stay out here for half an hour. Yeah, rest.
1: right? So she waited the 30 minutes. And after waiting the 30 minutes, Sparks noticed a buried bus behind a door. A, It said a trap door. I'm not really sure the legitimacy or the reasoning behind referring it to that. It was, a, it, trap, it was a type door.
0: It was a bunker,
1: okay, basically yeah. an underground bunker that he had. They had built themselves. <clears throat> so at the end of this bus bunker, there was a refrigerator. The refrigerator had bullet holes in it, and there were multiple firearms just on the floor in that area. Also, probably not the best look as far as. I don't want to say... Well, considering there's kids there, not a good look for safe gun ownership and handling. There was literally just guns on the floor. (laughs) Like, no, this one's out. Mic drop. I'm out. Fuck this shit. I'm going to go get another one. David's got a really cool gun in his room. Next to his fucking slash replica Les Paul. So... There was also alleged reports of Koresh having a 12-year-old child bride, which, as far as I could find, there's no verification of that particular inappropriate relationship. However, David Koresh did marry a 14-year-old girl at this compound. Break that down a little bit. At the time in the state of Texas, the legal age of consent for marriage was 14 years old. So technically and legally at that time, David Koresh was operating within Texas state law when he married that girl. There was also multiple women within that congregation who claimed to have had relationships with David Koresh, and a few said they had fathered children by him.
0: This is where we get into my issue with the story.
1: And it's a fucked up issue because... He was legally within his rights to wed that fourteen-year-old girl. I'm not saying I'm not not, not that it's. I, I'm not cool with it. It's fucking
0: gross, but he wasn't technically breaking the law of Texas. No, I agree. I I cannot argue that. But what I can argue is where in the fuck were the parents? And this is why I fucking hate.
1: Well this was just cult. like this was this was just like every other cult. Like he was he was the one he was the fornicator.
0: Because here's and here's my problem with fucking cults. You are so if you are a member of a cult, you are the weakest minded motherfucker that's ever walked the planet. I don't give a fuck what anybody well, says.
1: Well, and we've had that conversation. Like I, I can I can sympathize with with
0: the whole cult membership
1: thing to an extent. There are I'm sure there are those people that like they're just so fucking down and they find what they th- feel is salvation from their woes and their problems. I can get that. But at what point does it s- click in your brain that you're like, "Oh, so you helped me out of a tough spot, but now only you can fuck my wife?" That's I've never
0: dated a daughter, I guess. I've never dated a woman in my life that a dude Just stop right there. A, fact. <laughs> a dude came up said, I'm going to have sexual relationships with that woman. I was like, you better be the fucking son of God, because you're about to get an ass whooping right fucking now. Even with girls I dated and did not like, I'm still not letting that fucking shit happen. I don't give a rat's ass what you think you are. It ain't fucking happening. Now, you want to throw in, you want to- You
1: never got Clinton.
0: You want to go, you want to do what? You want to marry my 14-year-old daughter? Oh, you're getting fucked, all right. And it's going to be by me and my size 12- freaking foot it's gonna, I'm gonna be like, stinky i'm gonna kick your teeth out through your mouth not down your throat put my foot in your fucking ass and it's coming out your fucking mouth He said,
1: i'm gonna shove my foot so far up your ass the
0: sweat on my knees gonna quench your thirst that might be that's why i have this story gets fucked up that's why i have no sympathy for the branch davidians
1: I oh do, yeah, like, I
0: do not have any sympathy for these motherfuckers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, cult leaders, for the most part. I mean, there are I, I, there are cults where, even though it's like one of the most basis details of a cult, there are cults where there's not that type of shit right. going on. Yeah, but most cult leaders are just, I guess, cuckers. Right, right. Uh, because a cu- like like the the husband would be the cucky. Right.
0: But this is—it's my same problem with religion. I'm sorry. I need to question shit. If you're gonna, yeah. s- if you're gonna say a bunch of bullshit, you better back it up with some evidence. Yeah. And it's my right to uh, call bullshit and say nah, I'm gonna need a little proof of that.
1: I'm well, just not I mean, taking you at your word, realistically- whether it be religion
0: or fucking government or a president or a fucking congressman or a fucking reverend. I need. I can I can see bullshit. I can well I can realistically,
1: call in my personal opinion, from what I've seen, religion is the only comp, the only fucking con- conglomerate and company that is better at the execution of the f- business of fear and control than government. Because there's a ch- separation of church and state, but they sure as fuck make you put your hand on the Bible in court.
0: Well, that yeah, I mean that's a whole other fucking. Just like the... Well, because the,
1: the, the fingers are in both pies. Well, they mean, finger each other's pies. Well, let's be we know
0: honest. That. If Even an atheist today, even you, you live your life according to religious teachings. Even it, you today. You do. You're... Today's society is based off religion.
2: It, well, because they cheated, too, Well, no, no, just because, because that's
0: just the way... A common society is "thou shalt not kill" kind of shit. You know all the rules, how you're supposed to behave with people, respect your elders, kind of shit. That is all from religious teachings of the past, the ancient past, all through up. So even an atheist still lives their life in they are they are how they were brought up. They were brought up in a with a religious type thinking. Just because you don't believe, an atheist doesn't believe in a God, doesn't mean you don't act like that, like a religious person. You just don't believe that belief, but how you, you live your life is is based on religious teaching.
1: That's why they're so good at it, because that's now, that way of thinking isn't religious, that's Civilized, right? But that is based, and we, we live it. in this civilized world, you know what I mean? But it's based off a religious type, that's why religion is so powerful, right? Like they literally form uh economies, if you will, in, in, in masses and lifestyles on their own. That's why the shit's right. so dangerous. That's why, that's why, but the. Which is exactly why they fucking put an end to the cults so fast. Right. Because the cults are going to be the ones that are going to be like, I have your God backing me, but I'm going to buck your system. That's not good. They don't like that shit. They're not going to allow that shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It's like we've said before. Yes, it's all modern society is based off religious. But it's also, like we've said, like the Jim Jeffries joke. I don't need a... 20,000-page book to tell me not to be a cunt. Yes. Four I mean, words.
1: The whole Bible, four right. words. Don't be a cunt.
0: Yes. No. So,
1: so yeah. It, so let's start ramping up here. Kind of. Now, I'll say again, with the assistance of this affidavit that he filed, David Aguilera, Um. he brought Forth the idea that the Branch Davidians had officially violated federal law,
0: so which is a good um, odds are from if everything is that is correct, we are not one hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> that's not a far One hundred
1: percent. Yeah. So at this point, the ATF was able to acquire search and arrest warrants. With all this going on, as you said, if this is all true, they have officially violated federal laws the ATF was able, able to acquire search and arrest warrants for David Koresh and specific followers on weapons charges citing the many firearms that they had accumulated. So the warrant required a search, quote, on or before February 28th, 1993, between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m.
0: That's a pretty big fucking window. right? There was a claim. Were, were they fucking fixing the cable? Jesus right, Christ. Yeah.
1: We'll be there between Tuesday and September. Yes. So there was a claim made by the ATF that Koresh may have been running a meth lab. And they also used this allegation so they could get military assets under the war on drugs, which we all know was at its peak in the early 90s. Now, side note to that. The ATF's investigation focused on firearms violations, not on illegal drugs. But they requested assistance from the DEA and the DOD, quote, citing a drug connection based on, one, a recent delivery to the compound of chemicals, instruments, and glassware. Two, a written testimony from a former compound resident alleging how, quote, on this, Howell had told him that drug trafficking was a desirable way to raise money. He's not wrong. That's not right, but he's not wrong. Right. Three, several current residents who, quote, had prior drug involvement. Good luck finding any fucking group of people that there's not one or two. Dick. Four. Two former residents who were incarcerated for drug trafficking crimes, and five, National Guard overflights, thermal images showing a hot spot inside the compound, possibly indicating a methamphetamine laboratory. Now, the major sidebar to this is George Roden did, in fact, have a meth lab at Mount Carmel, but when Koresh took over, he called, like, when he took possession of Mount Carmel, he found this shit that George Roden had because he was running an active methamphetamines lab. He called the sheriff about the meth lab that George Roden had on the property, and the police came and they legally removed and, and evidence, filed everything into evidence. Like, he legally disposed of this meth lab that was on the property when he moved on to the property and took control of it. So he did one thing right so far, one hundred percent. That's how you handle finding a meth lab on the property that you run a cult off of. Or I'm sorry, an a extremist religious group. So the original request for assistance was initially approved, but the commander of the Special Forces Detachment questioned the request, and the ATF obtained only a training site at Fort Hood, Texas, from February 25th to February 27th with safety inspections for the training lanes and was given only medical and communications training and equipment. You having issues?
0: I'm just looking to check the... Oh, where, you're being a nerd? See where we're dropping frames at. So, gotcha. yes, uh, we know the... Some reason we're dropping frames, so people watching live, we apologize. Our connection looks good right now, but you'll just have to
1: listen later on your listen. favorite podcast app. Yes, because the audio recording will still be perfect.
0: Yes, because we do backups here. We plan for this.
1: So again, they initially got approved, but they didn't end up automatically getting the military backing that they wanted. So. Because of this, the ATF raid was planned for Monday, March first, nineteen ninety-three, which was outside of the original blah, blah blah blah. But everything went to shit for him, and it was given the code name Showtime Operation Showtime. I wonder if it had anything to do with the guy playing at a band.
0: Wasn't that wasn't Showtime in ninety-three? Well, that was Showgirls, the <laughs> the chick from uh, Say by the Bell. Was that about ninety-three? Wasn't
1: Demi Moore in Showgirls too?
0: No, that was... That uh, was the
1: stripper movie that Demi, Demi Moore did
0: in? with Burt Reynolds. What was the name of that? I don't know. I'll look that up I later. Don't know. I'll look it up so, later.
1: Um, so, Operation Showtime was planned for Monday, March 1st, 1993, but it was moved up a day to February 28th due to the Waco Tribune-Herald's, quote, the Sinful Messiah series of articles, which the ATF did attempt to prevent from being published entirely. But they couldn't find a reason to silence the media on this one, so they just kind of fucked the pooch, so they moved it up before they could release that series, or the first part of that series. So this brings us to the morning of Sunday, February twenty eighth, 1993, when the ATF attempted to execute their search warrant. The ATF's plan depended on reaching the compound without the Branch Davidians being armed and prepared. But the ATF commander, commander sorry, ordered to proceed with the warrant, despite having known ahead of time that the Branch Davidians knew a raid was coming.
0: Striptease was the name of the Demi demimorphs.
1: So stripper movie. even though this isn't standard procedure, ATF agents had their blood type written on their arms or their neck after leaving the staging area before the raid, and this was recommended by the military to facilitate speedy blood transfusions in case of an injury.
0: Smart thinking, kids. True,
1: but it seems a little weird, right? Like, that's not normal operandi for this particular type of service. So the ATF had no chance for an element of surprise because KWTX-TV reporter, who had been tipped off about the raid, asked for directions from a mail carrier Who was coincidentally David Koresh's brother in law.
0: What's the odds and bad luck of that? I mean, you're in the bumfuck middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like it's probably pretty high. In Texas, they're all related anyway. I was gonna
1: say they got like a in that area. I mean, that's any state. You get far enough away from any city in any state and it gets a little backwoods. Well, and
0: in their defense, this is pre GPS. Your,
1: Your fucking gene pool's about as shallow as a puddle.
0: And you know, this is pre GPS. You actually had to read a fucking map. Yeah. For you millennials, that's called. I know how to read a, a map. Well, God, love you. Thank you. Well, especially Gen Z, they they couldn't. Tell oh my God, what, they probably uh, couldn't even unfold one. Or a, that's you know,
1: the hardest part about using a map for real is trying to fold the goddamn thing back up. The
0: best maps in the world, ever. The giant fucking books. Were were actually the ones in the back of phone books.
1: Oh, I never used oh, one yeah. Of those. Yeah, those, those are had the road most maps.
0: accurate ones in the world. Mm. I used to use those when I was, uh, did, I used to be a delivery driver back in my younger days before I was married.
1: See, that was the problem. That's why. That's why the Butterfinger runs came took so long. He wasn't using the <laughs> he was he was using, using the, the, the phone the, book. He was using the gas station roadmaps that you got for ninety nine cents. Yeah, which aren't worth the fuck. Piece of shit. So after he was informed of the raid, David Koresh told undercover ATF agent Robert Rodriguez that they knew the raid was coming. Like he told. Robert Rodriguez, like, don't do this. Like, tell him to stand down. Don't do not do this. This is unnecessary. So let's get into that aspect of it a little bit more. Robert Rodriguez in, had already infiltrated the Branch Davidian and was shocked to, like, he knew his cover was blown. David Koresh told me, he's like, I know who you are. And I know why you're here. Imagine the look on that fucking dude's face, an undercover federal agent and having the guy that is your target go so what's your badge number fucking big well,
0: honestly this is a little different than being you know found out if you're you know if you infiltrated the hell's angels or the mongrels right. or a drug cartel yeah a little different but i mean I think that even a if he little...
1: couldn't even if he couldn't corroborate it just having the the thought of what might be going on here in the back of your mind it's still got to be fucking I mean I feel like if your cover gets blown in an undercover operation no matter what it is it's going to be fucking scary
0: but cuz you're clearly there for a reason these aren't the most violent just because there's weapons involved and they might be selling wepo- modifying and selling weapons they're not that violent I, I wouldn't think of them as as violent as say a drug cartel or yeah. a mob, yeah, the mob. I mean, true. I think the chances of you getting but
1: dangerous. Out- I would say potentially equally as dangerous because you're dealing with a Seventh Day Adventist subsect, basically. Hey. So they have apocalyptic thoughts. So when you throw in all of this type of shit, they're going. It's going to further, um, uh, inflate their idea of this is why we're here. This is our sole meaning for life is to be part of this apocalyptic thing, and it's just going to drive them further into their belief system.
0: Here's my thought. If they have
1: the guns to back that up, then fuck all.
0: Hey, I do not fear any man that fucks or marries a 14-year-old. I do not fear you. I do not fear any man that lets an old man fuck or marry his 14-year-old. You are all a bunch of pussies.
1: With automatic guns.
0: I don't don't give a fuck. (gasps) Don't care. You're still a pussy. Yeah, but
1: when you're one guy that's supposed to not... That they're not supposed to know who you are in the middle of their compound, I would be worried.
0: I will be John J. Rambo and just go through that fucking place. John J. Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name was my name, too. Whenever we go out... (laughs) The people always shout.
1: My name is John (laughs) Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, We're
0: dropping frames again. Ah,
1: fuck it. Who cares? Just listen later on Spotify or...
0: Apple Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio.
1: Yeah. Anywho. That- so, da- Robert Rodriguez made an excuse that he needed to leave the compound, and he was later asked what the Branch Davidians were doing when he left the compound, and he said they were praying. Fair enough. And, the, I mean, that's a guy that was in the compound. And granted, you can't see everybody. I seriously right. doubt he took a fucking head count and was like, they're all
0: accounted for. Because how many people were? Have we got... Have you said that? How many actual people were in that compound?
1: Uh, I would have to do the math on how many people were in the compound total.
0: It was over 100. at the
1: beginning of this whole thing.
0: It was over. 100. There's, yeah, there was a lot. Because yeah, yeah.
1: I, would, like I said, I'd have to do the math of like how many died, how many left before, how many left during all of this shit. Like right. I don't, I never saw a number exactly. Um. So, some of these branched Vidians who survived the siege that we will end up talking about said that Koresh ordered certain male followers to start arming up and him, taking up defensive positions while the women and children were told to take cover in their rooms. Koresh told them that he would speak to the agents and what happened next would depend on the agents' intentions. So even if we take away and say that it's hearsay, if you will, the whole taking up defensive positions, if that even if that's not true, him saying that you're automatically off to a bad start.
0: Not to justify what comes later by the uh, government. Yeah. Not to justify them either. But I would understand by hearing that, you're assuming they are taking defensive positions and preparing for a fight. Whoa. What? If If he said that to... If David Kress told his people to what, take, that it
1: depends on the to agents and t- well, to take
0: defensive positions.
1: Well, that that was that was if, said later by Branch Davidians that were there.
0: Oh, OK, so the, so that wasn't said okay. to
1: like Robert Rodriguez or anything like that.
0: But and, from my
1: from my from my research that that tidbit of information had never fully made its way back like well, in f- direct mouth or word person to person directly to the ATF
0: but let's be honest if you are a government agency trained
1: you have to you have to go you have into to, it assuming something
0: you su- you have to assume they are preparing they the warrants were for guns
1: or you have to at least assume that they, they have, have the ability to right to clap back if you will right and even if they're not preparing for it you have to think those guns are yeah. in there there are x amount of people there is potentially a gun for every set of hands right. that can use one
0: you the the government just couldn't think, oh, they're this and they're weaving baskets.
1: Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm, I, don't I don't fault, the government, I don't fault the government for being prepared for the for worst-case worst scenario.
0: They're hoping for the best. Well, I'm not even sure they were hoping for the best. Yeah. But th- and, the and, and plus, goes. it's
1: the ATF. Like, the ATF, this is what the ATF does. I've listened to that interview by a former ATF agent. Apparently, those are the, those are the motherfuckers. They're the Wild West, like, go out, do some crazy, cool, like, shit you see on TV agency.
0: Yeah, I've never really
1: understood the ATF. They're the ones that do all the crazy, like what? undercover work and shit like that. Apparently, well, I mean the CIA and shit does too, but like all the like the shit with like biker gangs and stuff like that. A lot of the times is the ATF.
0: Well, because most times there's firearms involved. Yeah. Why I never the thing I didn't I don't understand about the ATF. If for those of you who don't know, the ATF stands for Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Mm-hmm. How do
1: all of those fucking fit together? We
0: also have the DEA, Drug Enforcement Enforcement Agency. Agency. Now, can't we take alcohol and tobacco and put them under the jurisdiction of the DEA and let just the ATF?
1: Yeah, but alcohol and tobacco is legal to purchase if you are of the right age.
0: Right, and some drugs are. And so are firearms.
1: That's the only correlation I can find.
0: But I think that the ATF, in my personal opinion, I'm not knocking the ATF. I think that's a little bit too broad of a scope of stuff to cover. But care, uh, I off. mean,
1: stuff that can be dangerous but can be legally
0: purchased. I I understand. You know
1: what I mean? Like that. I guess that's I, the only that's the only rationale I can put. Fucking.
0: I just think it's a little stupid. It. Alcohol, tobacco, and yeah, throw in Let's throw in guns. Throw in guns too. Which one of these does not fit?
1: Yeah, I mean that. That's the only variation. There really is between the two is illicit and non-illicit.
0: And what's even who does the back, now in today's society who does the background check?
1: What you
2: mean
0: for you if you to buy a gun, you need a you have to buy it mm. or have a background check. Yeah, you know who does the background check, right? I can't tell you. The FBI. Well, that makes sense. So why can't guns go under the FBI? Put guns well, under the, the FBI. They
1: already got a bunch of dumb shit that we will never know about what they're doing.
0: Guns under the FBI. Put alcohol and tobacco under the DEA. We can save fucking money.
1: I'm balancing the budget If you think about it, though, it, the FBI part makes sense. Because it is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Investigation. Like, that is right. their whole job is to go...
0: Something smells fishy here. Uh, I'm investigating.
1: Seven. That's the FBI's job.
0: I'm just trying to cut some of the government fat
1: still going to spend the same amount of money they're just just going to fucking allocate it to a different location
0: or give me a job one of the two i don't give a fuck
1: oh dude i'd totally do it i'd work for the government fuck it everybody's like everybody be like but travis you don't trust the government can't beat them join them and we ain't beating them i'm sorry people we ain't beating the government not gonna allow it like yeah but we got more guns than them Uh, per capita yeah yeah, well, you know what, Jethro? You know what you don't have? Fucking tanks and fucking fighter jets.
0: Well, here's the thing. We can go off on this. Here's, uh, that, people say that argument right there, but you also have to remember that. that somebody has to fly those fighter jets and somebody has to drive those tanks. Mm-hmm. For one, they're not going to drop bombs. They would never. They'd have to get really gnarly. They would never do it. The PR nightmare that that would. Oh, I think they would. No, no, they would.
1: I could definitely see them. I could definitely see if if shit really hit the fan and it was like an, a a civil thing within our borders. I could definitely see them. I couldn't. I, I wouldn't see them bombing major cities, but I would. De- I could definitely see them like carpet bombing less populated areas just as a fear tactic.
0: I see. I don't think they no political leader would do that now. I don't... Well, hopefully, the
1: the big thing with this whole thing is hopefully, I just hope, at least within my lifetime, I don't have to fucking see it get that bad.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. The actual Army, Air Force, or the Army, Marines, and Navy can't operate, they can't operate outside of a military base on on U.S. soil.
1: Unless they're deployed to do so.
0: Unless the martial law is... Has to be in.
1: in Well, yeah, because that's why they have what? The reserves. That's
0: why they have the National Guard. Yeah. National Guard. Now.
1: Well, they do, they also pull reserves for that too, I believe.
0: Now. They have to
1: be allocated by the president or, well, meh, meh, meh.
0: Here's where I think that gets iffy. For, like you said, fire jets and tanks and all the shit. Somebody still has to drive those. An American citizen has to drive those that take into downtown Baton Ridge Baton Rouge Rouge, you know
1: well I mean let's be realistic I I think we both know what if it came to that I think we both know what would really happen at that point it would would become it would no longer be a domestic thing at that point they'd be like well we made friends with Russia or insert country
0: you mean the
1: like if the government wanted to lay waste to the freedom of Americans they're just gonna fucking. They're gonna war dog it out to somebody else. No, and they're I, gonna be like, "Yep, come on in, guys."
0: Here's what I think would actually happen if there was some kind of up. And I'm not a. I'm not promoting this. I do not. I hope this never happens. Some kind of uprising in the United States, where the people were rising up against the government, which is a bad plan.
1: It's just it, no matter what side you're on, it doesn't end well.
0: What will probably happen? The other countries aren't going to side with the government. They're, the same way the French—who did the French support in the American Revolution? The colonists. Yeah, the French are pussies. But I think other or Bailed
1: countries, them out in WW
0: two. If the our enemies of us, our enemies would actually support the, uh, they would blend the We'll two, see. But right. that's my
1: that's my thought process. Is if it gets to that point. You know how I think about government and shit like that around the world. If if it comes to that point, that would be the point where they're going to drop the dog and pony show as far as the one world government thing. Because, well, you know, I don't know if I don't think you're fully in agreement with me, but there's no part of me that doesn't believe that there is a one world government already plan oh, there's already. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. I think that if it comes down to. If one of the superpowers has a, a a battle within its own borders, I think that's the point in time where they're going to be like, well, check this shit out, and fucking Vladimir Putin's going to like just shotgun a beer with the president at the time, and they're going to be like, oh, you're fucked now, bud. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, my God. And the next thing you know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, West Coast, China's already on their way. I mean, it's. I don't.
2: Know.
0: I just think it'd be hard to get the actual the military to turn on the people.
1: I agree. Even and
0: in, that's why some will follow orders. Oh yeah, that's why it would be. It would be a very bad fucking day. Yeah. But let's be honest. Our enemies here in the United States, or our foreign enemies. What's going on in the world in the United States today? Has been Mm planned. There's a reason why we are at each other's throat.
1: That's what I'm saying. And when it comes down to this, all, every, when it comes down to this, I would assume in my head, the way I see things happening and the way I think things are going to work. And we've already had, we've had this conversation. I'm, and I'm not floating my boat here. I am unfortunately correct on a lot of things when it comes to quote unquote conspiracies and theories and shit. I've been right on stuff that I wish I was not. But in my mind, every every country with a stable flow of monetary assets and a military is going to just kind of go, high fives all around, Who's, who, who are we going to fuck up? Everybody just send them there keep just enough of your people to control shit here while it goes down there cuz once it goes down if, if America went into a civil war if you will shit's going to pop off around the world potentially because if we're doing it all the a lot of other countries are going to be like oh fuck oh fuck it's happening and then you're going to have mayhem everywhere potentially but that's when everybody that's everybody that's worth a fuck is part of the, the new world order, if you will, already. Um, And you combine all of the worth-a-fuck countries, they're just going to fucking plow their way through everybody if they want to as a
0: combined force. Okay, Gregory makes a good point. Russia versus Afghanistan. Russia loses and had to pull out. But never... Taking over... In that, whenever Vietnam... Mm-hmm. Who won Vietnam?
2: America.
1: No, we didn't. I know.
0: We could have won it, but was, we did It was a draw. We could have won it, but we didn't. But who were we fighting? Locals. Right. We were fighting peasants and farmers. Mm-hmm. We had all the fucking fancy toys. They didn't. Yeah. They basically won the war.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, granted, they did have help from the communists, which supplied them a little bit. So, you know, that's... well. If we were- David versus, versus Goliath. You can even look at Afghanistan today. Yes, we whooped some ass for 20 years. We didn't win that fucking war. We pulled out like a 16-year-old boy on prom night. In that... Quick I and mean, that, that very is, messy.
1: That is... Are, that it, that could arguably be considered a war. That was a planned engagement.
0: That was an occupation. It was yes, but for
1: we, to further things that right. we still shan't talk about in the fucking government and on TV.
0: But well, if you want to
1: break it down realistically, how this is going to go down is it's all going to all personal opinion. No matter what, no matter who backs who, who does this, who goes and fucks off, who goes turncoat, this shit all goes down. We know what's probably going to happen is a little thing called nuclear winter, because as soon as the shit hits the fan, as soon as shit hits the fan in America, to that extent, there's going to be a ripple effect. It would be the same way in any other superpower. You know what I mean? like there's going to be uprising because everybody's gonna because people are gonna see it's happening here so follow the leader and also eyes are looking over here so I can might be able to get away with more and then as soon as fucking as soon as shit really goes off then everybody's gonna start arguing about it and this is barring the one world government idea as soon as somebody as soon as one of those a nuke leaves the ground somewhere We know what's happening. All those Doomsday devices are going off. And like us alone, America alone, can literally just level this whole planet. That's what's going to happen. That's going to be the end of man. It's going to be nukes.
0: I I do not think nukes will never be fired. I I seriously doubt it. Mutual assured, assured destruction is a thing.
1: Honestly, but the the way things are going, probably it'd be better. The planet would be better off if we did it.
0: The planet doesn't give a fuck. That's what I'm saying.
1: The, the planet fuck. Earth is just sitting there, like just set them all off. Just just take all of yourselves out. Let me fucking start with mitochondrial DNA again, and we'll try this again for the like thousandth time.
0: But you know, people talk about civil war here in the United States here. Which listen. Civil War's not happening here. It's already happening. It's not a hot war. We already have a civil war in this country right now. Yeah. It's it's not being fired with bullets. And, just and that like, probably won't happen.
1: And just like the last one, this one's on purpose. And it... Well, here's That's the, f- the fucking problem. It, Nobody sees the fact that they... they the, the higher... The powers that be push for this shit.
0: Have you seen that KGB, KGB agent that... We captured and interviewed and stuff. Which one? Uh, This was their plan to infiltrate the communists, the the Russians, the Soviet Union. Their goal, and they were infiltrating our colleges,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: fucking with our kids, yeah, changing the way they're thinking Mm -hmm. to make them more more like Mm socialists. The problem is, it worked it worked this was their plan the only problem was the russians or the soviet union didn't last long enough to reap the benefits of the re, of the reward of what their hard work because it's happening it's happening now
1: yeah and now and, they have and divided- now the big problem is like that shit worked and now our government is just feeding off of it to drive more fear right. tactics and drive a bigger fucking wedge into be- in between two populations of its own fucking
0: people. Because somehow this country here, we've lost the ability, or a ma- a lot of people, I don't even say a majority, but they w- they we've lost the ability to agree to disagree.
1: Yeah, which is the fucking basis of natural human interaction, right?
0: Just like this, I don't agree with you when it comes to guns. What you've said on this podcast, I don't agree with what you said, but do I, are we fucking fist fighting over it? Did no. I, no, it's not. I don't agree. You have a right to your opinion. Yeah. I think there there's a well, and I, I, a I'm also I'm
1: also very like within my gray area way of thinking on right. most stuff. I am very gray area on top of being gray area, right. but because most- like I said, I think that fully automatic weapons, ninety percent of the ninety nine percent of the time within the normal population are unnecessary, and you don't need them. Do I give a fuck if you have one? No, I don't. It's um, not my fucking life. It's your world, pumpkin. I'm just fucking living in it. I don't give a fuck. I just I, do. I find them to be unnecessary. Are they unnecessary? For 99.9 percent of a human being's life, yeah, you're never going to need that. But it's, but, but it's if not, you want one and you got the money for it, it, it it's and not you about, legally can own one, fucking
0: go for it. Have mount the shit on top of your jeep. I don't give a flying fuck. It's not about necessity. And most people—it's about desire.
1: I mean, but which is also let's be real—that's also part of the problem with, especially this country. Well, here is this one: is desire and ability to get those desires, which is good to an extent, but but when those desires are being pushed so hard by the powers that be, that it causes civil unrest and a divide, that's where the problem comes in. Because this black and white thinking has been so fucking shoved down our throat that so many people, even the fucking people on the left, they're supposed to be all conservative and love, 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 love. You're equally as bad. You're black and white. You just are, okay, you are the white to the Republican black or vice versa. It's the same fucking thing. You're being just as big of a unreasonable douche as the other side you just have a fucking different opinion that you think has to be fucking right because we got to be right we can't meet in the middle no, god forbid even what? though as little kids we learn oh we share i'll break my twix in half i'm sort butterfinger <laughs> i'll break my you butterfinger in half butter, and share will, it with little philly boy because I'll, everybody's fucking equal and if you want what i have that's okay we can come to a compromise on that no the fuck we can't
0: you're either with me or you're against me yes that's fucking bullshit that's 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 gonna be the
1: downfall of this country
0: but all good things are meant to go away
1: yeah all of the like like even if the government is behind all this shit it's all part of the the it's all gonna fall into being part of the plan that is not even a plan all it's all gonna lead to Eventually, we're all going to be fucking dead anyway, and the planet's going to go, "Let's try dinosaurs again."
0: All civilizations and all power, you know, all empires implode eventually. Yeah. Because nothing is forever. Because right? we, we are tribal people, but we're not meant to be this big. You know we're not meant to be this big.
1: Oh yeah, They're, everybody wants to talk about like oh we're we're, we're gonna over, we're gonna end up overpopulating the planet. We
0: already have. Yeah, see, I don't know. No. Like
1: maybe maybe okay maybe not li- in a literal sense, sense but, but from the way that everybody acts depth. and behaves now, we are overpopulated.
0: I mean, as from the overpopulation thing is about fucking the environment and carbon. Mm-hmm. There's not too many people. On the planet,
1: not, I mean, not physically, not but physically. Did not exactly. You throw in like social standards and and opinions. Yeah, yes. oh, we're way overpopulated
0: because. But if everybody could actually listen to somebody's opinion, and not argue about it, right? Not every just because somebody argue or doesn't share your opinion doesn't mean it has to break out into a fist fight, right? I can sit down and drink a beer with you. Even if I don't fucking like you,
1: we disagree on a lot of shit.
0: You and I disagree on a lot of shit,
1: and we have a perfectly harmon. We live together. I'm right. We have a perfectly harmonious relationship, completely
0: heterosexual way. Sometimes, maybe,
1: but no. And we have a completely harmonious relationship. But is it you and I? Don't uh, like. I don't. Up to this point, you and I have never gotten into an argument. No. We have disagreements often.
0: We don't even have that bad of disagreement. No,
1: not at all. But like in the, have that's difference fine. of that's
0: opinion. Yes. But but it. difference
1: of opinion like like my favorite color is blue. My favorite color is green. Get the fucking guns, Shirley. <laughs> right.
0: Fuck that. That's basically
1: that's literally how, how this shit
0: has become. Right. But because we're so fucking tribal, people just need to fucking relax. And not everybody thinks the same well, way. It's
1: like I've referenced it on this show about the argument I got with, in with a older generation gentleman because of my opinions on Donald Trump, which I've always been very open about, and I'll still be open about it. I'm not going to say that he was an awful president. No. I just think he was a fucking dick. And it's funny because... The people who are hardcore Trump supporters at first wanted to argue with me when I said anything, but like through the course of his presidency, they'd be like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying he's a fucking asshole. He's a a, a prick. Here's my thing about Trump. And those voters, those guys that are like hardcore Trumpies would be like, oh, yeah, he's definitely an asshole after he took office and everything.
0: Oh, he was an asshole before.
1: Okay, so so once... No, no, they would say it then. So now you got what you wanted, so now it's okay to voice these difference of opinions and then find out that it's a shared opinion.
0: I do blame Trump for one thing. Trump fucked... Having bad hair. Trump fucked us. It wasn't even Trump that fucked us. It was the complete mental breakdown by half this country when he got elected.
1: Yeah. Like, the world's going to end. Right. Let's all run to Canada.
0: Now, was Trump a great president? He's all right. He's like most presidents. Oh, How many great presidents poli- has there been? Policy-wise. I agree with a lot of shit he did. I don't like the fact that he's an asshole, but I I'll, here's where I differ. In the main tweets, he's Trump is a stand-up comedian. He missed his fucking calling. Well,
1: that he's was fun- always my thing. I said it from the beginning. I was like, dude, if they would take Donald Trump's Twitter away while he was president... I literally wouldn't give a fuck at that point.
0: But I also I don't agree with every, he. I do think the president should be a little bit more presidential. But I will say I this: have
1: a little bit more couth. If I you will, will say
0: this, you. D- I also want. I will never forget nine eleven.
1: You want him to be. You want him to be a politician, but you don't want him to be a bitch,
0: right? I would never like nine eleven when you know you were how old were you when nine eleven happened? Eleven
1: wasn't you know, so right. I was.
0: Uh, 65 just, I was just under 30 29 Yeah I wanted to When June Bush Jr. Came on That night You know I wanted that motherfucker. Let's be real I wanted Bush
1: that, W. Was kind of a Bumbling idiot
0: Oh yeah But I wanted Somebody to say Kind of what he said But I would have been Alright if you've been a, If you looked in the camera And said fuck you I'm coming after We're coming after you now. Yeah I would have been alright I wanted somebody To be a little bit harder you know, in times of and Trump was a little bit like he trump was that and and I think we do need we do need a bit of a hard ass in the president. We don't need a cuck or a ninety five thousand year old man. Trump should have been a little bit more like you said down down a little. But I'll be honest with you, I love the way he handled North Korea. North Korea. North North Rita. <laughs> that that's well, like cool. I said, if they would North have taken
1: Korea. if they would have just taken somebody took control of his Twitter account, right? I would have been I really wouldn't have had shit to say. Because Twitter was the the source of most of the shit that I would just kind of shake my head and be like, dude, you're the fucking president. I, you're not a nineteen year old college student that got turned down by a chick named right. Becky.
0: But like when he went when North Korea basically he you know i'm paraphrasing he said don't fuck with us we have better nukes yeah <laughs>
1: we've know- literally we've literally i would imagine we probably have enough nukes that we could actually not even drop them. We could not drop them and detonate them. We could probably just duct tape them all together and fucking drop them on the whole goddamn country of North Korea. <laughs> not even take out the like turn them upside down. Ta- <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah,
0: no, but you know I do think you need a little bit of a hard. Fuck, ass- we
1: probably have like you could probably put like five of our nukes together, and it's probably the square mileage of fucking North Korea.
0: I do think you need a little bit of a fucking hard asset, President. Yeah, yeah, but a little bit more coup or not even know when to fire uh, out that mean tweet you don't have to do it fucking every day and i'm okay with them calling rosie Twitter. o'donnell a rosie o'donnell a pig i'm all right with that too oh she's also racist oh yeah but you know but then again but i he mean wasn't like, the worst president ever that fucking you know that
1: you know the highlight moment honestly donald trump had one incredible highlight moment of his presidency that i think should go down in history what would that be and it is when uh cinco de mayo came out came along and he posted that picture on twitter of him eating a taco salad in his office and he said happy cinco de mayo we have the best taco salads here at trump plaza i love mexicans <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know I'm that fair. was the
1: highlight of his fucking I mean, his he was political fucking career i
0: will give it, he was funny his policies a lot of them were oh, always right. i mean a lot of them so same same for joe biden
1: Joe Biden is the funniest politician that has ever lived. Joe Biden inadvertently, and that's what makes him so funny. Did you see him fall off that bike? Oh my god! (laughs) He he falls off bikes. He sniffs black kids. He sniffs all kids.
0: Here's the thing. I think I need to. We need our congressman or our government. He He said. He told.
1: He told Charlemagne the God on his own show that if his mind wasn't made up yet, he ain't black. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking I I was crying laughing when I saw that pop up on the news.
0: Um, Here's the thing. The president... You have to be 35 years old to run for president. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm yeah, because wasn't JFK like 37 or something like that? Yeah, he was young. Still the youngest one.
0: I don't think... That is Obama, I believe. Here's the thing. I think you, for your first term at president, you have to be 60 or under. That way, if you do get elected and get a second term, you'll be 68 when you're out. I don't want a 75,000-year-old man running...
1: Well, and then also, there should be like a fucking internship. Like, once the once the primaries are decided, both those people should have to, like, walk around behind the current president with a notebook for, like, a month <laughs> you know and what? be like, well, I was thinking this. And, then, and so that that person can turn around and be like, all right, this is, a, let's learn together. Have we got you can't to, just fucking do that, Craig.
0: Have we gotten to the part where you want to take a break anyway? Uh, we're coming up
1: to it. Okay. It's after the ATF thing. Okay.
0: Uh, I will say this: I think we should go back to the old days. I've got two
1: in, uh, about two pages,
0: left. which would be, would be hilarious.
1: This is the longest sidebar we've ever. <laughs> had.
0: Let's go twenty twenty four. Trump does run again. He's so, going to. I don't know. I, maybe if he does, I I think we should do a, do it the way they used to do the old the old days. The loser becomes the vice president. Have a Trump. Biden fucking or whoever runs, but uh, or if say just for argument's sake, Biden runs again, which he's not. He, I doubt if he will. He'll be comatose. He'll be a. He'll be ninety five thousand years old. But geriatric this, fuck. This, or even say whoever. But if and Trump run, runs, whoever wins is the president. Whoever loses is the vice president. That would be some funny ass shit.
1: I have my own election idea. I think you Chinese finger trap their fucking dicks together and you just let them you tractor pull that shit. Whoever's more of a man wins.
0: America. Let's go back to the old suit. A duel? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. no get in the octagon. Whoever beats somebody's ass.
1: I'll say we're gonna have another Aaron Burr situation.
0: I don't even give a fuck. I just think, like I said, I've said that I'm old. I mean, basically, I'll be 50 I years I, old this year. I,
1: I feel like I'm one of the youngest people that openly accepts that, like, we are at the point where I'm just going to kind of sit back and watch the shit show until it comes to a head because it's gonna
0: happen. I'm, I'm, I'm on the downhill side of this mountain. I've reached the mountain top. It was well. It was a shitty mountain. I've I peaked. wasn't. I wasn't on Everest. I was on you know some hillbilly Appalachian mountain but i'm coming back down if that i'm just enjoying You're like it. on
1: one of those man-made hills that blocks sound right
0: i am just gonna make me some popcorn get me a few mountain dews maybe a few diet mountain dews maybe a few cold beers and maybe a couple shots of we're fireball the tiktok thing makes that bush gonna, light in the mountain I, dew we're gonna do that wednesday i think it's so good we're gonna try it i i bought mountain dew but I, I, I saw that i don't know if they're gonna last i saw the now. mountain
1: dews and i was like why do I feel like there's a tall boy bush light in that fridge no, right now? It's it, fucking delicious.
0: Um, But I'm I'm on the downhill side. I'm just going to sit yeah. back and watch the world fucking burn. Eating well, popcorn. Yeah. Podcasting a little bit. It just
1: kills me how many people... Like, back to our original point is, like, it blows my mind how many people don't see the, like, blatantly purposeful divide that has been oh. drawn driven by like like I said I've talked about it before like I got into that argument with a guy at my job over politics because everybody's like you don't talk politics in bar 99% of the time I am a person who can talk politics and religion in a bar because you know me I am I am the captain of team gray area right I yes. have no problem seeing both sides I don't I never think either side is a hundred percent right, and I never think either side is a hundred percent wrong, right. because they're not. There is a, it doesn't have to be this or that. It's something in here that is correct for almost everything that comes up. And both times that I that has happened to me at my job, that person, those people, those two different people, when I had something negative to say about Donald Trump, they're like they automatically went to well, you fucking Obama. I'm like, guess what, hoss. I didn't vote for Barack Obama either. Guess what? You don't have to vote for the Democrat or the fucking Republican. I swing libertarian usually. You're a swinger. I fall under a libertarian fucking umbrella. If I pay my taxes, fuck off and leave me alone. Boom. Basically libertarian. I mean, it's just fucking... And then everybody's so like, "Oh, that's a wasted vote." No, the fuck, it's not. Because I voted. So when you want to start bitching about politics, I could bitch back because I cast my vote. Did they win? No, but I did my part as an American. I did.
0: Bull. get a little ball blast. You know, it's just one of those things where we are. Most people are in the middle, politics. But you know, most people, most people are financially conservative. Socially, liberal. Mm-hmm. You know that's the divide. The so they're in the middle. Yeah, you get these far left. I want my money, but the far I want my freedom. Of, the far lefts and the far rights fuck it up for everybody because yeah. they're like anything else. They're a smaller but more vocal base, mm-hmm.
1: and they're the ones that stir all the shit.
0: Right. I mean, fuck. Most people just live your life and like. Somebody asked me here recently, you know, with this whole Roe versus Wade thing. Oh, God. Was I pro-choice or pro-life? And you know what my answer was? Both. I said, technically, I'm both. Yeah. I see both. I do think abortion is murder, but I also see that, you know, maybe there is a time for it. I said, I do not think it should be used as, well, I said this on this podcast, I don't think it should be used as birth control, but I can understand that at some point there might be a time to actually... Where it might be necessary to do it,
1: yeah. And, and at the I end of the day, I don't. It fight. ain't me involved in the fucking thing in the first place. So I really don't have. You I don't want, have a fucking dog in that
0: race. I don't have a dog to fight either. For one, I ain't getting nobody fucking pregnant. It ain't happening. Like do you? I. It, you know, for one, most any woman that is interested in me was blind. Was <laughs> blind as fuck, probably near death. Barbara <laughs> Bush. Yes. So I don't have to worry about that shit. Right. But like I ain't fucking no 28-year-old. I know
1: everybody brings it up and I'm like, I just like don't care. Yeah, I don't. If you feel the need to do it, go for it. I'm not going to fucking know about it anyway. And that's my philosophy
0: on everything. Like like say you it's were like Coach f- Klein said what mama don't know don't won't hurt. Say her. you were a female and Ooh, you were going to have girl. an abortion? I would not. I would not like necessarily like it if you were just doing it. But I'm not going to hate you for it either. I'm a girl. <laughs> you're an ugly ass girl. Hey, I'm All a right. pretty girl.
1: I've had my makeup done.
0: We've are officially probably lost everybody with this rant. Yeah, Let's that was get, a long one. Okay, go so ahead and finish. Yeah. <laughs> should I cut it out? This is the thing.
1: Okay, so just as a little recap, we got to the point where. The ATF starting to move in. Robert Rodriguez's cover is officially blown. Uh, supposedly, according to some Branch Davidian survivors, people were instructed to take up defensive positions. David Koresh said he would speak to the ATF. And what happened next depended on the ATF. So there's the rundown of where we left off. So the ATF cruised on into Mount Carmel in a convoy of civilian vehicles containing uniformed personnel in SWAT-style tactical gear at 9.45 that morning. ATF agents said they heard shots coming from within the compound, but Branch Davidian survivors claimed that the first shots came from the ATF agents. So, a suggested reason for this was an accidental discharge, possibly by an ATF agent, causing the ATF to respond with fire from automa- their automatic weaponry. So there, there was an accidental discharge. It was this is all theoretical. These right. are theories. Accident discharge in a situation like that.
0: High tense. Yes. High I I I, I, I I can't that.
1: say I'm not saying it's right, but I can completely wrap my head around in a situation like that, somebody accidentally pops off around. You don't know where it came and from. You start, you're just gonna start lighting motherfuckers up. I, yeah. It. Your your self-preservation takes over at that point. I can, again, I, I'm i not saying it's right or wrong, but I can 100% wrap my head around that I, that thought process. Other reports claim the first shots were fired by the ATF, quote, dog team, which they were sent in to kill the dogs in the Branch Davidian's kennel.
0: They were killing the fucking dogs. To prevent
1: any forewarning of the raid that was incoming. Okay. So to to prevent and I am not I'm not justifying the killing of dogs by no, any fuck, means. Fuck that leave shit. the dogs out of this. Yes, kids and dogs. Dog. Fuck off. Suck my dick. Don't kill kids and dogs. But from a tactical standpoint, I do understand they feared the Branch Davidians taking up defensive positions and arming themselves. So from that standpoint, I can understand their thought process in eliminating this warning, this, this safety net, if you will, of this dog kennel. Don't agree with it, but I see where their head's at.
0: I think there should be a, a rules I un- engagement that should include... Don't shoot dogs. Don't shoot dogs. I agree. If, if you're not sneaky enough to get by them...
1: Leave the fucking dogs alone. Leave the
0: dogs alone. Just and give what kind some, of dog give
1: Some fucking milk. Take, throw a big ass box of milk bones and a bag of fucking cow hooves in there. They'll of, shut
0: the fuck up. And a thing of Jif.
1: A a, a a tub of Jeff on a dude named Jeff, <laughs> and those dogs will shut the fuck up.
0: Oh, they'll be looking for days, baby, looking for. So days. that
1: was one of the. That was one of the. Which, which my problem with that is. What the fuck purpose? Okay, so I understand. I can understand from a tactical standpoint wanting to eliminate the dogs. But what the fuck good is that going to do? If you're going to go in there and you want to eliminate the warning signal of the dogs barking and activity from that kennel, what the fuck? There's no... There's no rhyme to the reason if you're going to go in there and shoot the fucking dogs. If you can hear the dogs start to bark, you're definitely going to hear a fucking gunshot that is used to kill the dog.
0: And here's the thing. That makes no fucking sense. The element of surprise has already been you lost. You lose
1: me at that point. Unless you're going in there at night and you're just fucking, you're, you're, you're hitting them with garrots. Like, it doesn't, it loses its its tactical use. <laughs> Once you start fucking shooting guns.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. The Branch Davidians and David Koresh knew the alphabet. They knew they were coming. They knew, And they knew they were probably there. They
1: told, he told Robert Rodriguez, the undercover ATF agent, he told him, I know who you are. I know they're coming. You need to put a stop to this. He told them that. He told him that before Robert Re- Rodriguez left the compound. So the ATF knew that he knew that they were coming. So that also adds to why the fuck would there be an armed quote-unquote dog team if they know you're coming? Why do you give a fuck about the dogs? Yeah, Yeah. we're on the same page Don't kill the fucking dogs. Yes, period. That's all we got to talk about there. So, on top of this, there were three helicopters (laughs) from the Army National Guard that were used as an aerial distraction. All of these helicopters did take oncoming fire. Still doesn't answer the question of who shot first. Doesn't justify anybody right. shooting first, in my personal opinion. But throw that in
0: there. Now but, but wait a come, minute. What's weird what's fucked up is the wait, ATF-
1: we're not I'm in mind you this helicopter thing, I'm not talking like this wasn't in like the first fucking thirty seconds of the raid. This there's a as we all know, this is what, fifty one days. Well, There's this is a pretty broad scope we're so talking we're still about.
0: Here. The, this is
1: all this is all one one time period.
0: This was what But I'm saying, like this they didn't is the ATF. start. Yeah, like they they're didn't, going in with warrants to search. Yes. Search search warrants. Mm-hmm. And, and, they're going and ar- to
1: serve search and arrest warrants. Right. But they're rolling with
0: They're rolling heavy. Of course, I guess they have to because of the fact that they suspect
1: is going on there. Like, it's like I said, I understand it. I don't know. I can't justify it. Well, you can justify the. You can justify, and I fully understand the idea behind how they rolled in there, having what better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I get that. But Clearly, there's already a lot of execution problems here. Right. So in the midst of the first fire, first shots being fired, David Koresh was wounded and because he was shot in the hand and in the stomach.
0: No shit. Yes. I did not know this. Yes. In the stomach? Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he survive throughout the scene? Well
1: Well, I don't know if it actually hit his actual no. stomach. He okay. was hit in the abdominal area. Okay. So Branch Davidian, Wayne Martin called emergency services, which I really, I, that was one thing I got so far into these notes and they took me so long to type. I wanted to find so we could clip up some of this phone call. Um, He, he called, we can do it in part two. Yeah,
0: we'll look this so way and put it in part he two. He called
1: emergency services with, within a minute of this raid starting. So within a minute of this raid starting, he's on the phone asking the sheriff to contact the ATF and, like, asking for a ceasefire within a minute of this raid beginning. And we'll get it for next week, but, like, it's like 30 minutes, this phone call, this recorded call. Most of it is just kind of dead air in the sheriff or the police trying to get him to talk to them because you can just hear gunfire going on and like he's his whole thing was asking them for a ceasefire because he kept telling them that there's women and children inside the compound like and then it, it gets to the point where like it's not funny but it's it, it, my dark sense of humor like had to kind of chuckle at the fact that this went on for so long that it literally just sounded like this guy was just fucking over it like he's just like Ugh. Like, at one point, he's like, here they come again. And he just kept on. me, he's like, that's them shooting, it's not us.
0: It fucked up, no matter which way. And like I said, he was on the phone with the sheriff within a minute
1: of this shit, the raid starting. So, I don't know exactly how raids start. I don't know if they commenced from the moment they leave their staging area, or like, I'm assuming from like, a, within a minute of their known presence on the property is when all this is going down. Right. So, the first ATF casualty was an agent who had made it to the west side of the building before he was wounded. Um, agents took o- took cover and fired at the building while the helicopters began their diversion and swept in over the complex about 300 feet, o- 50 feet away. And I think it was like 50 feet off the ground. Like That's... If you're just going for a visual aerial distraction and some noise, that'll do it. You're definitely going to hear and see a helicopter 50 feet off the ground within 400 feet of your compound. It's going to be quite noticeable, especially when there's fucking three of them.
0: Yeah, I can hear helicopters. I
1: can hear an ice cream truck right now. He's the loudest fucking well, ice fuck cream I'll truck I've this, ever bitch. experienced in my life. That He literally is the loudest ice cream truck ever. Let's go. And I swear when he used, I saw him on the fucking main road over there, like, turn it off. I'm pretty sure when he uses, like, his blinkers or, like, his power steering pump engages, it, like, fucks with the, it was like, it sounded like it got all wonky. It was like, like a horror movie. So Branch Davidians fired on the helicopters, and they did hit them, but nobody was injured within the crew members of the helicopters, but this did cause the pilots to pull away from the compound and land their helicopters.
0: Probably. Don't blame you.
1: Yeah, Good call, Jeff. Taking fire? Yeah, good call. Out. So, moving on, agents brought in ladders on the east side of the compound so that they could climb onto the roof and secure the roof. This is getting very tactical. They, I'll give them credit. They were ready for... I guess whatever they they were prepared to throw at him. Which again, I don't blame them for that. But this doesn't seem to be going off without a hitch. This doesn't seem... nobody. You don't even know who fired, but you're in a full-on fucking siege and firefight at this point. Within minutes. So, they put the ladders up on the east side of the building to secure the roof. They were hoping to reach Koresh's room and the location where they believed the weapons to be stored. So... I'm assuming through Robert Rodriguez, they have kind of a loose blueprint of this compound.
0: Uh, You would think. Yeah. Otherwise, he was just jerking himself off. Right. He's just walking around fucking eating ice cream
1: and cock slapping children. All
0: the wild sex is going on.
1: So uh, by the time they, they get up on the roof, they quote unquote secure the roof. Three agents reached Koresh's window on the western slope of the roof, and they came under fire while crouching next to the roof. From within the building, obviously. One agent was killed and another was wounded in this exchange of gunfire. And the third agent worked his way over to the peak of the roof and joined the other agents that were attempting to enter the armory or what they believed to be the armory. So one of the three scrambled out of that one successfully. So... Agents smashed out the window and threw a flashbang grenade into the room. Three of them entered, and when a fourth attempted to enter, he was met with gunfire coming through the wall. He was injured by that gunfire, but was able to reach the ladder and get down to safety. One of the agents opened fire on the branched Vidians with his shotgun until he was struck in the head by return fire and wounded. So he's. Probably got a huge dick if you didn't get killed by the shot to the head. Inside of the armory, agents killed a Branch Davidian, discovered a cache of weapons, but they came under fire yet again, injuring two more agents. The third agent laid down cover fire while the injured agents escaped the room, killing another Branch Davidian, and then that agent hit his head on his way out the window, on the window frame, and fell to the ground, but survived.
2: I'm a survivor.
1: I'm not going to get it. So, it, it, this shit ramps up super quick. It's crazy. You go from just like kind of normal, weird, cult-esque shit to this at the drop of a pen. So, another agent who was providing cover fire for them from outside the building was shot and killed instantly. <laughs> Dozens of the ATF's agents took cover behind branched Davidian vehicles and exchanged fire with the branched Davidians. More and more agents were getting wounded over this time. One was killed while they were engaged by Branch Davidians perched on top of the water tower. More, or, I'm sorry, the exchange continued for a total of two hours, but it kind of slowed down a little bit around the 45-minute mark because the agents were starting to run low on ammo. Understandable. 45 minute fucking firefight who the fuck carries that many Think mags That's
0: a long ass firefight that
1: is a long firefight i mean
0: a three minute firefight would probably seem like an eternity
1: well i mean you got, in 45 minutes if you got let's say you got 30 guys in 45 minutes you could if you had an endless supply you're talking hundreds of thousands of rounds
0: potentially but i have a question did the branch of video break out the 50 cow
1: that was the other thing. That thought process
0: will come up later. Why didn't they break we'll, that bitch we'll out? We'll touch
1: on that. Don't you worry, pumpkin.
0: We're calling an airstrike, too.
1: So, after all this, or while all this is going on, Sheriff Lieutenant Lynch of the McLennan Uh-oh. County... What?
0: Battery went dead. Fuck. We switch it? Go ahead. Keep talking. I will switch it out. Okay.
1: So, while all this is occurring, Sheriff Lieutenant Lynch of the McClendon County Sheriff's Department contacted the ATF and negotiated a ceasefire. Sheriff Harwell states in William Gusecki's documentary, Waco, The Rules of Engagement, that the ATF agents withdrew only because they were out of ammunition. ATF agent Chuck Hustmeyer later wrote, quote, about 45 minutes into the shootout, the volume of gunfire finally started to slacken. We were running out of ammunition. The Davidians, however, had plenty. End quote. In this exchange, four ATF agent, agents, Steve Willis, Robert Williams, Thomas McKehan, and Conway Charles Lebleu had been killed during the firefight and 16 other agents had been injured. After the ceasefire, the Branch Davidians allowed the ATF dead and wounded to be evacuated and held their fire during the ATF retreat, which at least
2: the Branch Davidians in this scenario,
1: at least they followed the rules of engagement to an extent or the rules of war. If you will, like, you know, you did everything went to shit and was fuck off, but at least you let them peacefully gather their dead and wounded.
0: So that was awful. Nice of them.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, high gold star. One gold star.
0: You know, I have something to say. We are we have more viewers, viewers after went, that. <laughs> while the camera went out, we gained viewers. So are they saying we're fucking ugly? We get- oh, Definitely. I'm, it's a, I'm a little hurt.
1: We're actually almost done. Anyway, this is the break at the end of this page.
0: We're getting to the bridge.
1: Yeah. Um. Along with these, the ATF agents that were sh- killed and injured, five Branch Davidians were killed in the ATF raid. Winston Blake, Peter Gent, Peter Hipsman, Perry, Bra- or Perry Jones, and Jadine Wendell. Two were killed by other Branch Davidians after being wounded. The mercy killings. Almost six hours after the eleven thirty a.m. ceasefire, Michael Schroeder was shot and killed by agents who said he fired a pistol at ADF, ATF agents as he attempted to re-enter the compound with two other Branch Davidians. Now, Michael Schroeder or Schroeder, whatever, he was away from the compound doing a—I believe it was a gun show mm-hmm. on behalf of the Mag Bag, right—and he was. If he shot at him, yeah, you're going to get shot back. But I do understand that they, there were people that were like, why the fuck would you, if you were gone from the compound, why did you go back to the compound? Because you have to remember that guys like Michael Schroeder or Schrader, I'm sorry to his family. If somehow somebody, somebody from his family sees this, by all means, inform me of the proper pronunciation of that one, because I think you can pronounce it either way, depending on the fucking person. But what a lot of people don't take into account is, of course, this guy was trying to enter the compound again, because he was away from the compound when it all started, but he also has, fa- his family is there. Like, he didn't drive to this compound on the road they had everything roadblocked and shit he made his way there on his own accord to try to make it back to assuming his wife and child or children that are within that fucking building that's getting shot up or was getting shot up right. like i i can't blame the guy some people are like that's dumb why would you try to make go in bubble you telling me you wouldn't if your family's in there, yeah, you're going to fucking go John Rambo like we've been talking about all episode and you're going to go all out to try to get to your fucking family. Even if all you're trying to do, even if. Call me crazy. If it was me, I would have just walked right up to the ATF like. You can try to stop me. I'm going in that fucking building. This shit's a little out of hand. I'll be back. Don't shoot me. I'm going around mines up and we're fucking out of here. We're going to be Baptists now. So that's besides the point. So, back to the story. Alan A. Stone's report states that the Branch Davidians did not ambush the ATF and that they, quote, apparently did not maximize the kill of ATF agents. Explaining that they were rather, quote, desperate religious fanatics expecting an apocalyptic ending in which they were destined to die defending their sacred ground and destined to achieve salvation. So basically what he was saying is potentially with what they found within that compound, the Branch Davidians, like hypothetically, but also literally with what they found in that compound, the Branch Davidians literally could have just fucking loaded up and just mowed down everybody that was there from the ATF. They would have taken their casualties, obviously, because that's how it works. But they, if they wanted to, the Branch Davidians could have just fucking just laid everybody down.
0: They had them outgunned by far. Yeah.
1: Like, they could have just put an end to every ATF representative that was on that property without issue if they wanted to. So there's that drop in the pond of... Of uh, mind candy to think on if you will now this is the last thing I'm ending this with a quote they say you know you end a speech or and shit with a quote that's what we're doing a 1999 federal report noted this of this ATF raid quote The violent tendencies of dangerous cults can be classified into two general categories, defensive violence and offensive violence. Defensive violence is utilized by cults to defend a compound, or enclave, that was created specifically to eliminate most contact with the dominant culture. The 1993 clash in Waco, Texas at the Branch Davidian Complex is an illustration of such defensive violence. History has shown that groups that seek to withdraw from the dominant cultures seldom act on their beliefs that the end time has come unless provoked. And that is effectively the end of the service of warrants by the ATF and is where we will effectively end this first episode of our coverage of the siege of Waco and the Branch Davidians.
0: Good night, fuckers.
1: After this, we will get into the FBI siege, where it really gets interesting. Where
0: shit gets really dangerous. So
1: I have more notes on just the FBI siege than I do on early life, name changes, Branch Davidian background, and ATF's fucking raid. There you go. Next week's going to be the fun one.
0: Next week we will cover part two of the Branch Davidians and the Waco massacre. Because I mean, we will get more into the massacre part, massacre part of it. Right now, just- I don't even
1: know what to. Honestly, I I don't even know what to title what happened at Waco. Right, like it it is a massacre. It is a a a fuck sit a fuck show, but. I, I, I still have yet, even with all this research, I have yet to, like, decide what term I deem fit to put on what kind of a shit show this turned out to be.
0: Worse than our Wednesday show. Oh, yeah. By
1: far. It makes our Wednesday show look like a fucking like, Sunday service. Yeah, it may, not even. Like, it makes it look like fucking tea and crumpet time with some some British diplomats.
0: So, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe to this podcast, however you take that in, whether it be your favorite podcast app. Take it or, in. Or if you check out the live streams on YouTube on Sundays and Wednesdays. So, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, all that happy horse shit. Um, it's too late. Um, me, 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 me. There'll be no editing. I'm just putting this shit out. Greg, Honestly,
1: they cut out a little bit of the beginning. And,
0: Greg says, "Good luck editing this one, Phil." Uh-uh, I'm not, I'm just letting it roll on our fucking thirty minute rant about politics. Uh, but, I was say, I mean,
1: if even if they, we do edit that, it wouldn't be much editing because I would say take that, cut that out, and then just make that its own fucking thing that we can upload. That is true.
0: Yeah, next week though probably 4 hours might be. A good, no, we're going to keep it try to keep it. Two, no, because because
1: cuz next week there's once we get once the FBI gets involved, there's more coverage, I guess, if you will. Yeah. So it's like there's more to it, but it's a lot more boom 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 boom.
0: Yeah. But be sure to follow us on all our social media's like uh what do I got? Instagram at ghost underscore night underscore podcast tiktok you can catch out some of travis's funny clips or me being stupid at gitn dot podcast twitter at night underscore ghost and just search ghost of the night or facebook that's the best way to follow us and see what we're up to and get little hints about what the show is going to be about for like today little quiz it was a pop quiz today it was a pretty easy one it was which got some engagement got some
1: does David Koresh kind of look like Sylvester Stallone's like nerdy, hippie brother?
0: Kind of. Got like the Stallone,
1: he's got like the Stallone right. eyes, kind of. Uh,
0: don't forget about our Wednesdays live streams, which is What the Fuck Wednesdays, where we...
1: WT, fuck.
0: Where we don't really cover a topic. We might hit some headlines or just random shit that's on our mind. And that lasts about an hour, hour and 20 minutes. And then after that, we do a Patreon member exclusive Patron. live stream. And if you want the Patreon exclusive material that we do, Gonzo. go to patreon.com slash podcast, and you will can take part in that Patreon member's exclusive Wednesday podcast. This backwards thing fucks me up, man. <laughs> Just that live stream after our What the Fuck Wednesday episode.
1: Oh shit! I haven't seen Papa Will's name Ooh, pop up Papa in the live in a
0: while. But that's about it. Like I said, next. Yeah, everybody
1: fucking spam Gonzo to just get the goddamn Patreon subscription,
0: uh, or but... better
1: yet, somebody just somebody who is in the two dollar. How about no? Never mind. I was gonna say somebody bump up to the five dollars Patreon, and we'll just fucking we'll like grandfather Gonzo in. But no, nah, no. Gonzo can fucking, walk out no. to his. We can walk down to the kitchen to that little fucking. That little plate that everybody has for their 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 loose change and their keys and their wallet, and he can get his wallet out and he can fucking plug it in there, and then he can have to plug it in there for a second time because he missed he fucked up one digit in his credit card or like a CVV, and go oh what the fuck why doesn't it work oh I forgot to say I accept the terms and conditions that's why it didn't work
0: yeah. All right, you know exactly,
1: will, everybody knows exactly what I'm talking we about.
0: We will see the real fans on Wednesday for What the Fuck Wednesday, and then we will see the rest of you back here next Sunday for part two. Duh. Hot y. shots, part duh. Why? We'll go. lines
1: vi, dry, feel um, the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get
0: Waco- on up, it's bobsled time. <laughs> the part two of the Waco Massacre. The more interesting, not really interesting, where the shit gets dirty and nasty and gets all stanky. That's
1: what the Swiss do. We ain't Swiss, Darice.
0: So, we will see you guys on Wednesday and then see you back here for part two on Sunday. We love you. Thank you for taking time and listening to our stupid, dumb, freaking immature asses. We We did pull a hell of a sidebar tonight. Yeah, that was a good sidebar. All right. We'll see you
1: guys. Take care. Deuces, bruh.